I'm Chad Rothermans. And I'm Andy Kinnick. And welcome to No Clip Pocket. Who you gonna call? Today, we're going to be joined by our ghost hunting team, uh, Daniel Otten. Hello. Janelle Vickers. And the spirit of Janelle Vickers, and also Stephen Otten. Hello. Uh, And today, we're going to be talking about Phasmophobia, which is a game that was developed by Kinetic Games, self-published, and was released in 2020, uh, and I believe is still in early access, uh, has not gotten a full release yet. Yeah, which is actually something I hadn't realized. I feel like it should be painfully obvious after playing it, <laughs> but I just kind of assumed it was a small budget indie title and did not realize it was just an early access uh, right now. Yeah, it, the, the game... Uh, it, normally we don't talk about games like this. We did an episode on demos a while ago, uh, and that's probably the closest we ever got to talking about a game that didn't have like a full retail release yet. Um, but I feel like the zeitgeist from the, for this game has already passed, uh, as is tradition from the No Clip podcast. Um, <laughs> but the poltergeist <laughs> waiting is still any there. longer. Yeah, the <laughs> yes of the geists. There's at least one of them still around. Um, but uh, it's not, like waiting any longer to talk about it would feel more like a post-mortem than it did like a relevant recent thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think the, the proximity to its release is good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was just, it made me think about like the effectiveness of early access. Like I get its value for small developers who don't want to spend money on like playtesting and stuff but i feel like this game is a good example of this game's already had its five minutes of fame Mm -hmm. uh, like on twitch and by the time the full release comes out i feel like no one will care about it anymore yeah i think because like there's a lot of value to early access in the form of like if you can get your game out and have a community of people offering feedback you can make changes before the final release like, as you said, there's benefits for playtesting. People can report bugs and things that were pain points when going through the game. It's like a very democratic process. And I think it can be hugely beneficial for some developers. But sometimes you get kind of a, a situation where your game isn't done and it gets really popular. And then when your game is done, it's going to suffer for it. Um, but I don't know. Maybe they made enough money from the early access that it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. We could um, only hope. Yeah, yeah. because I don't think this is a game that you would, like, play long-term or invest hundreds of hours in, I mean, like, even once it's a full release, which isn't necessarily a bad thing at all, but, like, to your point, I feel like people are likely to get what they're going to get out of this game in its early access state, and then not, maybe not be that excited to return to it once it has its full release. Um, I mean, I disagree. Just because I, I'm very bad at this game, and I would like to believe it's because it's in the early access stages, and then I can be one of the early people being like, is this buggy, or is it just me? And then if it is buggy, I can go back and try it later, and maybe actually be able to tell when something is a poltergeist versus a gin versus a, uh, what are some of the other ones? Gulanshi. <laughs> <laughs> Right, like, I, I feel like 
it can be really hot and cold. Sometimes when we would be playing it together, I'd be like on it and I'd be like, oh yeah, this game's great. And then other times like we would get none of the possible things and I'm like, this game is bad and it should be fixed. <laughs> I think that like the problems with the game are a big part of the charm for me when we play it. Like I think it adds something to it that it's buggy and not great um, at times. Like, Oh, like, like you say, the times when we look at it and don't get anything and it feels like you're just wandering around in an abandoned schoolhouse and nothing's happening for a really long time, which is exactly what happens when you're hunting for a ghost. So like, (laughs) I think that adds like a lot of charm to it and is a fun, kind of a weirdly fun part of the experience is like when we load in very slowly and in very awkward poses running around that van, the back of the van, like I laugh every time. So that's, if the game was super well made, I don't know that it, uh, or it's super finished and polished, like, I think it would actually lose something there. Yeah, things I hope they don't fix on the full release. Number one, the poses and, like, the articulation (laughs) of the characters. Number two, the collision physics. And number three, the basketball game in the lobby area. (laughs) They're all perfect. Don't need to be touched. Yeah, I think that's definitely a good point, um, that it does give it almost the kind of a feel of, like, a low-budget horror movie or, like you said, like an actual ghost hunting show where you just show up to an abandoned school and then nothing happens. Um, but, like, it's like it's like a, a line that I think they go back and forth across where, like, it feels like sometimes it works and sometimes it's just kind of frustrating. Yeah. Yeah, I think that like the early access version of this game and this isn't like from my understanding anyway this hasn't been the cultural reception of it like i think people genuinely like when they play this they interpret the events in the game as being scary whereas like we're definitely viewing it as like a trauma film where it is just like some just jank shit happening 90% of the time. <laughs> and then like, then like some sound effects will spook you and you'll be like, Whoa. And everyone will be like, that was spooky. Anyway, we still fucked up and right. don't know what we're finding. <laughs> and we'll be like, someone will be on the camera feed and being like, Oh no, he's coming for you. <laughs> ah, and Andy is like, Oh no. And running away. And we're like, no, he's going to get you. And then Andy gets spaghetti fight and we laugh at him. Like, mm-hmm. maybe if we were playing it, like, single player and it was dark, maybe I maybe I get a little spooked. But I guess maybe just because we're a bunch of goons. But when we play it, we're like, oh, it's a gin, maybe? I don't know. Get in the van. Let's go. Everyone put in a different thing quickly. Maybe we'll get $10. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Out of curiosity, I looked up some, like, reviews and, like, responses to this game. Uh, and I think Chad's correct that, like, it does seem like people tend to say that this game is scary, but, like, we've played it a few times, and, like, we even played with JJ last time, who is notoriously, like, doesn't like to play horror games because they scare him a lot, and I feel like this didn't even scare him. Right. So, like, I just thought that was interesting that we kind of just, like, seem to have just generally been not affected by like the horror aspect of this well and oh i was gonna say and he was in vr which is a much more like sensorially 
expansive experience. And he was just like, I feel nauseous because everyone is moving at right angles. And that was his general take on the game. I have I have two quick thoughts on that. One is that maybe I found, although I generally agree, maybe I found this game scarier than you guys did. I would not call it scary, but I think it was like atmospheric and at times like bordered on scary. Um, mm-hmm. Like I think that use of sound is decent. Like, I, I definitely did not look forward to the moments where the ghost would, like, whisper something in my ear or something. Um, so I thought those were, like, effective as far as they went. And the second point is just, I think we might have had a little bit of, like, a watching a horror movie, like, in a crowded room with the lights on kind of effect. Like, we didn't really... We were on Discord all talking to each other. That's not really the way the game is designed to be played. It has, like distance-based mic capabilities so that when you're, like, alone in a room, you can't hear or talk to the other people playing the game with you. Um, so in that sense, like, we, we didn't exactly have the intended experience, and it probably did detract from the scariness of the game. Yeah, I would agree with yeah. uh, with what Daniel said about the experience uh, being a little bit scarier than we're kind of leaning towards in general, it sounds like. Like, I definitely had those you have those long periods where not much is happening and then you're the character alone in the room and suddenly like whatever spirit or whatever is there i definitely had some some legitimately like legitimate jump scare moments sitting and playing this in my living room even with us like goofing on it as we were going like i i definitely felt it serious enough that i didn't want my character to be the one to be spaghettified or die um and or whatever happens because it was kind of unclear uh you were just playing and then you suddenly weren't uh when you when when bad things happened but it, it i and definitely then your felt limbs turn into linguini yeah right i definitely felt some legitimate like uh tension and sense of some some amount of fear they're playing so i think that was fairly effective yeah, I think it, it has its moments, and I do agree. I think it, it builds tension pretty well. Like, when you first go in, especially in the bigger areas, like in the school, you can be wandering around, like, and it's easy to get separated. And, you know, and so someone will be like, oh, I dropped my flashlight. Like, there was one time, I think the first time we were playing, like... Please I... note that the game doesn't do anything to make you drop the flashlight. We just, just hit the around. wrong button yeah. and threw the flashlight on the ground. But there was a part where, like... I... I feel like I was on low sanity and like I had like lost my flashlight or my brightness settings were too low and I just couldn't see anything. And like Steven like navigated his way to me and then I followed him out and we actually managed to make it out without getting killed by the ghost. Mm-hmm. And that was like a great cool moment. But I feel like it that's not the majority of the moments in the game, at least in my experience. Yeah, similarly the time that uh Dan was in the van with the camera and I was holding the the video camera <laughs> right. and he was guiding me through uh, yeah, by checking stuff the, like that yeah. is really cool. But that also wouldn't be possible if we did it the intended way, which is, is actually what I want to spin off into more of like a design thing. Cause when, when you leave this game, I think that we, we had access to several stages, some of which were a house which is a reasonable space to be in. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them, I think, is like just generally too small. And yeah, then, like the tutorial house. Yeah, and then two of them are like appropriately sized. And then you have the school and the prison. And I think that those two levels exist in order to take advantage of the 
there is a word, proximity audio uh, and sort of like force you to split up to try and get as much ground covered as you can but also stay close enough so that you know what everybody else is doing mm-hmm. uh, and that like it, the the amount of space in those levels is just way too much to have those like team building moments that we're talking about like that i think those those levels suffer because they don't allow you to cooperate in the way that the other levels do mm-hmm. and also they're very big and your run button is a joke <laughs> yeah the running speed in this game i see the argument for not being able to move especially fast I don't see the argument for there being just the barest hint of a perceptible difference between sprinting and running. Like, there should just be no run button. Because <laughs> it's so I much more frustrating that. when you play, at least when you play with a controller, to, like, click in the stick to try and run and, like, hold it in, like, the whole time you're playing. Because you always basically want to go as fast as you can. Um, <laughs> and you barely move faster. It's like a... It's a weird quality of life thing that actually is really irritating. Yeah, it's it's so slight of a difference that you almost feel like it might just be a placebo effect and the developers are lying to you and you only feel like you're moving a little bit faster when you hit the button because the game says you do. Mm-hmm. I, I, I am, like, it is unique in the way that... In, like, because this game isn't easy necessarily. Like, I'm sure once you get patterns and stuff we, down we proved that last time we played yeah <laughs> <laughs> but i think like once you understand patterns and stuff you can sort of start solving things sort of like heuristically where you kind of go from place to place you know like check this that and these and if you don't get anything on that move to this but we don't know what we're doing so we run in we throw a book on the ground we set up a <laughs> camera somebody's running back and forth between uh the the truck and the thing to get more shit or watch the cameras or whatever uh, and we're trying to report what we're finding to the other people. Um, so, like, to a new user, anyway, this is, like, a fairly tough game to get a grip on. And it's interesting that in a game like that, doing something that would make you statistically worse by removing the run button entirely <laughs> feels like it would make the game so much better mm-hmm. because you just wouldn't be yeah like holding down the shift key at all times <laughs> to do no to not get any faster yeah or make it like i i my honest opinion is that the the best way to implement it would be like make it moderately faster and have like a stamina mechanic that is fairly limited. Like, you can use it in, like, a little burst when you need to. That way you're not just, like, constantly holding something down, but you, like, have a way to go a little faster when you need to, which, like, I think it would be frustrating to not be able to. Um, But that's that's my two cents on it. Yeah, like, you could run for a little bit, and then your character would breathe heavy, and you'd have to wait for them to... You wouldn't even need, like, a bar. Like, you could just do it audio-based. I'm curious as to, like... Because did we ever find a situation where the game required you to do anything like time like that is time critical like obviously there's a timer over the whole level because there's a timer that goes until the ghost activity starts and then there's a timer functionally of how long you can stay in there without dying Mm -hmm. so 
But like, I wouldn't use a a, a quick sprint. Most of I well, I would I think, use it, but in the frustrating way where I'm just like run a little bit just to get to the next room or whatever. I think it's to run away from the ghost. Like you get the audio cues that the ghost is coming for you, like the heartbeat sound or like it breathing in your ear. Uh huh. And then I think it's the run key is specifically there for you to like try to get away from it and escape. Yeah, you know the ghost. That's the only thing I could think of. Yeah, you know the ghost is on you, and it feels like there's nothing you can do about it in the game. Like, there is an acceptance of, well, I'm dead now. Uh, usually mm-hmm. a full, I would say, like, often, like, close to a full minute before the ghost even grabs you or kills you or whatever. It's just like, well, I can't move fast enough to get away from it, um, so this is what's happening now. Well, they, they do have defensive items in the game. That we never ever used <laughs> the sanity pills. Yeah, they well the sanity pills. There's the the crucifix, and then also the smudge sticks. Mm-hmm. Like I've I looked it up, and the crucifix only like I it didn't work the way I thought, where you like hold it. No, you just, you have to you like just put drop it. it in a room, and it makes it less likely for it to attack you. Mm-hmm. Now we're we're pure offense. It's just like in uh, Pokemon Red Blue. Where you'd just be like, I'm going to level everything to 100, only offensive, no defensive, or sweeping moves. Just just going to pound the Elite Four into dust. That's our offense with the Ghosts. And it, yeah, we're a DPS build. Yeah. Mm-hmm. DPS it, comp. It's so good. It works so well, 100% of the time. <laughs> I do Detections think that not, not being able to move quickly away from the Ghost is like a good feature of this game. Uh, both because I think it makes it slightly more tense and scary, depending on the context you're playing it. In the context that we played it, it mostly made it more hilarious, which is also a good thing. Like, it was really funny to be in the van, like, watching Andy on... I don't know why it's always Andy. It's not always Andy. Watching Chad... Um, often is. Watching Chad on video, like, just meandering away from the ghost. Um, At, like, a weird bent. Yeah, exactly. Like, bent over... With your flashlight out. One arm and a right angle. Definitely made it slightly harder to uh, get around because anytime I knew someone was looking at my character model, I would just aggressively bend forward (laughs) and backward. Yeah, as soon as you load into the game, just like bend completely backward and spin around in a Mm -hmm. circle. Match the crouch button. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Classic. Chad, I wanted to uh, mention, though, before we like totally lost the plot of your original point. Um, I don't disagree with, with your point about, like, the big maps suffering from how big they are because they, like, compromise being able to work as a team. On the but on the other hand, so that's, that's a drawback of them, but I think they have a, the strength of, like, their sheer size is kind of intimidating, especially in a game where you don't move very fast. And, like, you have to cover a lot of ground. Um... I found the larger maps to be more atmospheric, or at least atmospheric in a different way that I really enjoyed. Um, Like, the feeling of stepping into, like, this vast prison of, like, you know, I can get lost in here so easily, and I don't even really know where to start, um, I think was a credit to those maps, even though they did suffer from the the drawbacks that you mentioned. Yeah. Yeah, it's like they divide and conquer your party really easily (laughs) um it's really easy to get split up and especially like if you are just using the in-game audio 
Uh, like, you would basically have to, like, get in, establish, like, drop a glow stick and be like, this is our meetup point. Like, come back here every couple minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like you'd have to play way different. And I could see other people get being really into that. Um, but it didn't, it didn't really feel like the way we wanted to play. Well, we were struggling to sort of figure out the mechanics when we started doing those maps. Sure. And then I think that it put sort of a bad taste in our mouths Mm -hmm. and we never really Mm -hmm. got to the planning stage with them. And we just want to go into the gym and shoot basketball. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Cause that's kind of where I fall on it. Like where I've gotten to is that I think the jail is both too big and too, it's big in a way that is not that interesting because it's just sort of like a hallway and then two just enormous wings. Yeah. I kind of like though, how like that can be spatially confusing in the dark and like you can kind of get mixed up like to which side of the prison you're on. Mm -hmm. Like I kind of agree with Dan that like there is a cool, like it, it almost puts you like makes it feel more realistic, right? Like you're going into this, building you're hunting for ghosts and you're kind of getting like lost and a little bit scared in the way you might in real life Mm -hmm. i i think that the i don't know i i think that the school accomplishes similar things but potentially by it being sort of a like more familiar space uh you can kind of grasp the layout a little bit better and i think that the school was overall sort of a more successful map except while riding five bells was not a very good goal (laughs) It's a little Tony Hawk's pro skater joke for you guys. Uh, Couldn't resist. If your sense of direction is bad, like mine is, and Janelle's is worse, those big maps, like, I got lost basically immediately. Um, Well, Zandy knows I'm basically a Boy Scout. I know how to get around (laughs) everywhere with no issues. I mean, Janelle gets lost lost on the Neverwinter Nights maps, so. I just, well, okay, first of all, we can't get into Neverwinter Nights right now. Unless you want to have a full-scale brawl about how awful those maps are. But, yeah, no, I mean, it, it's bad as far as uh, everything looks the same to me. Especially when it's in low light. I'm like, I don't know. I'm in a cell block somewhere. And you're like, what cell block? I don't know. One of them. I think I'll just die here. <laughs> I have no will to live or fight my way out of this one, folks. <laughs> It's like being in a real cell block. Yeah, leave me, leave me here to die, please. To, to be fair, that is how Janelle has described how she would, how what her approach would be in any real life horror movie yeah. scenario is to just give up and die immediately. Yeah, what's, what's the point? Why are we? Why are we working so hard to just die before the end? I'm not. I'm not enough of a virgin to make it. I'm sorry. Everyone knows. That would throw the monster such a curveball, too. You're just like, take me. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, I give you. up. <laughs> well, and I mean, maybe that's why the game doesn't affect me that much. Is I'm like, oh, it's whispering in my ear, folks. It's getting spooky. Like, the same reaction that I have in a haunted house or anything else. I'm just kind of like, oh, it was a scare. <laughs> <laughs> like, it didn't, I don't know. I guess it uh doesn't work on me. I'm immune to the... Uh, Spooky horror game. We get it, Janelle. You're a big, strong man. <laughs> the biggest, strongest man on this call. Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, so well, another thing uh, to transition to another uh, topic is I really like the inventory limit and how it like incentivizes you to, as we were saying, like we did, like work as a team and like plan out like who's going to do what 
who's going to go back to the van and check the cameras, you know, and like, I like how that forced like interaction and like moving back and forth uh, through the maps in the way that it does. Absolutely unrealistic. I would wear my cargo pants, seven fanny packs. <laughs> I'd be the most prepared ghost hunter. I, I have four crucifixes, six glow sticks, and the writing book. And that's just one pocket alone. Yeah, that is, I feel like, also, this is a limitation of the uh, the larger maps as compared to the smaller ones. But there are several objects, like the video camera and the ghostwriting book, where the object of using them is to just drop them somewhere. And, like, and obviously, in both of those cases, you want to sort of identify an area where you think that you'll get a result uh before you do it but once you do like get that zone sort of established and you're ready to to start like collecting evidence you do have to use your meager sprinting ability to get all the way back to the van to go get stuff to put down or to replace stuff that you've used and i feel like and maybe this is just me and i would 100 (laughs) percent believe it if it was I just really don't feel like doing that. So I would usually like <laughs> set out with the book and I would try and like pull double duty with the UV flashlight, but that required me to just stay directly next to a wall at all times, otherwise I couldn't see anything. <laughs> which yeah, really I mean, but- which led to some really excellent camera feeds though. Because we'd be like, Chad, we can see you. You're you're okay, you're standing in front of a wall that says X thing, and you're like, ah, Yes, the wall. Okay. <laughs> I will follow the wall. The <laughs> left hand rule. There will be a corner eventually. <laughs> you don't have to be the guy that goes back and forth, though. Like, you could just not take those items. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it would actually, I think, be detrimental if you're trying to be efficient to have more than two people running back and forth. And by running, you mean shuffling. Yeah, shuffling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, what we really need is those cargo pants DLC. That's what I'm <laughs> saying! Patch, patch Give me a fanny pack. Get me a the, backpack. The weird VR belt <laughs> I think that, that we found exists. Yeah, I think that like limiting what each person can carry, though, does help to establish like what, what's your role going to be on the team. Since there's like the four four people in there, like I feel like everyone has their thing they gravitate to. If you're the person who likes to talk into the spirit box, or if you're the person who likes to go and uh, hunt with the UV flashlight, like it, I, I know that when we would play, I would find myself grabbing the same couple of items every time. Like you had to grab a flashlight or the uh, high-powered flashlight uh, once we had enough cash to buy them, because just functioning in the game, you need that flashlight. But like I would often find myself grabbing the same couple things because like. All right, I'm now I'm comfortable with this. That's my job. Yeah, having like a role was something that the game did a really good job of sort of establishing. Like when somebody would ask, be like, "Oh, did anybody pick up this object?" Usually the same, the same person, person yep. is like, "Yep, I already grabbed it." Like that was the thing that they had. Uh and so it would always end up being like you would have a main job that was the thing that you did. Um which for the benefit of the audience, so and so they know, my job was not anything. I did no, I did nothing good the whole time we played. I mean, but uh, but we knew. Hey, Chad, where did you toss that writing book? And where's fi- the book? Yeah, fifty-fifty shot of uh, I dropped it somewhere. 
And, <laughs> oh, I dropped it right here. There's nothing in it. The last time we played, I took the writing book in the school and threw it on a windowsill <laughs> and then had to right. leave to avoid being murdered. And to my credit, I found it. Like, I went <laughs> yeah, and it didn't Very bravely went back in the school. <laughs> I did go back and get the book and came back. So I was not uh, wholly useless in the in the navigation department. But I do think the... Yeah. Oh, sorry, you were going to make a point. I was not going to make a point. Okay. I was going to make a bad joke, so move on. Um, well, I'm sure you'll get your shot. Um, I do think the inventory system in the game as a whole is a nice way of having, like, some kind of progression that feels somewhat meaningful. Like, this is not a, this is a, a small game, so, like, th- that's not going to consist of, like, a really deep or complex system, but it, it was nice to have, like, tiers to look forward to in terms of, like, oh, like, I can afford this stuff, and, like, it would be fun to play around with, and it, like, mixes up the, the formula um, from playthrough to playthrough, especially because there's only a handful of maps. Um, so I, I liked the equipment system quite a bit, uh, even though it had the unrealistic feature of somebody will pay you to hunt ghosts. Um, <laughs> other, well, and this is probably more of an early access thing, but it seemed to not keep track at all between sessions, like what you had bought. Um, but otherwise, I thought the equipment uh, was a nice feature of the game. Yeah, it, it almost kind of like uh, Chad was saying, like we tend to gravitate, or Steven was saying, I think, uh, we tend to gravitate towards like specific things. So it almost in a way makes it feel like it has like self inserted, like a class system, right? Like you have your specific role that you do. Um, if you're anything like us, uh, we kind of like fell into our niches. And I, I do think that's cool. And um, another thing they do with the inventory is... If you die, you lose all the stuff you had. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was wondering if you guys had any feelings on that feature. I, I think that's... Like the buying and losing of items? Yeah, like the fact that you have to buy stuff, opt to take it with you, and then potentially allow somebody else to take the thing that you bought and run it into the building and then just throw it on a windowsill <laughs> and never be able to get right. back to it, uh, is, I think, great in terms of like, <laughs> no full stop that's it it's great you really uh yeah not where i thought you were going on with that one, one. yeah <laughs> i think it's great in terms of a you play in a group social environment right like because everybody's kind of working toward a similar goal and i feel like it the only time that it would backfire is if you're playing just online random lobbies because there's going to be somebody who just doesn't give a fuck and take something that cost you a million dollars and not, and just take it and then get killed and then you won't be able to get it back and the, it'll just be a huge waste yeah, of time. Yeah, I think everyone has their own money though. True. So it's not like they steal money from a pool. No, but they steal your stuff that you paid money for. Oh, right. By taking it from the okay, shelf yeah. and then leaving. Yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, is probably there's... something that happens to ghost hunters all the time. Is like <laughs> some, <laughs> yeah. some guy they met takes their very expensive camera they use to take pictures of ghosts and they never see him again. Like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, there's always uh, well, a certain... I think maybe ghost hunters probably do that to people who own expensive cameras as well. <laughs> Oh, no, it's for ghosts. I'll be back later. (laughs) 
Janelle. Sorry, I had a big yawn. Um, I was up too late hunting ghosts. Um, but no, I was just going to say there's always an assumption of like a multiplayer game or like an online multiplayer game in particular of there being a pro-social environment in which you are playing it where it's like, hey, we all have the same goal. We're all going to work together towards that goal, right? And then that is a foolish thing that game creators think. So I think it's true what you're saying, but more specifically, I think it is good that if you die, there is a chance for someone to pick it off of your body. Like, if someone is willing to go and loot your corpse, they can take your glow stick and flashlight and writing book back to the van, and it's not gone forever. Um, I think... Now we never did it? that. No, but someone. Yeah. No, I, I didn't know that was a feature. Doing that and feel really dumb. Like I would notice, like, oh, this is where JJ died because all that stuff's laying there, and then we just walk past it. Yeah, I was saying we did once. Someone made a point once, one of the last times we played, of like going back and actually picking mm. up. Probably because there was one particularly expensive item that we were like, "Whoa, can't leave that!" But like. Mm-hmm. Everything else, we were like, oh no, it's gone to the mists forever. It's a shame. I can almost hear JJ's voice. And he's like, why don't you pick it up off my body? With yeah, regard to... Well, I, this is going to be a different topic, so... Oh, I was just gonna tack on the end there. It's like, I could also imagine like a trollish person who's playing online also just not contributing anything, like not buying anything and not adding anything to the pool. Like, I feel like you could annoy people you were playing with in a, a myriad of different ways. And oh, just yeah. like slob squatting in front of the video camera so that you can't mm-hmm. monitor for <laughs> yeah. orbs. Just constantly bopping up and down. Mm-hmm. Blocking the view. He's like, oh, you're monitoring for orbs? How about these? How about these <laughs> orbs? <laughs> Monitor yeah. my, my Ouija and my orbs. Yeah. All right, but Data. Anyway, that's all I, Pivot that's all for I us. Um, with regard to player deaths, which is related to what we've been talking about with the equipment system, I do think this is like something that could be... It's more something that just needs to be like ironed out and is less like a design feature that I think is bad. But it does feel like, or at least I felt like, you really didn't get much of a like chance to avoid death. And for me, it was like, once I saw the ghost, there was really almost no chance of getting away unless I was pretty close to the exit. Um, which, again, it wasn't like, it didn't obviously, it didn't ruin the experience of like any particular playthrough. But it just felt a little, like, anticlimactic of, like, oh, well, now, like, now this is over for me because I've seen the ghost. Uh, and I think that that experience could be more gradual and it could be, like, more threatening over a longer period of time but with opportunities to, like, get away. Um, and I think that that would be a better experience than, than the one that I had. Yeah, sometimes you get audio cues, like, long enough in advance and then it does kind of seem like sometimes you just don't. Um, and I'm sure there's like systems in there that are dictating that, uh, but it is it's hard to tell as the player like that any of that's going on. So it does seem like kind of out of nowhere, like you just get killed all of the sudden. Yeah, I think that's sort of my takeaway as well. Is is actually kind of the opposite where if you, I, I felt like any time that I died, it was always 
kind of a surprise to me mm. because there would be there would be tons of situations where I would get the audio cues and then wouldn't die. But right, I, I don't yeah. know if it's because of the way I was playing the game or uh, just like happenstance, like somebody dropped a crucifix nearby and it wasn't me and I just <laughs> didn't know it was there. Um, like that kind of a situation. But uh, and like the, the the most scared that I ever was in the game was probably a time when I actually saw like a visual representation of the ghost and then was able to get away from it. And then like knowing that I would have to go back to the area in order to actually do the investigating part. I think that that is the the that's the kink that needs worked out. They need to find a way to introduce the scary things without them immediately killing you. Yep. Yeah, I would say I I don't recall ever seeing any of the ghosts myself. That that may have been added like since you last played. Uh, I recall other people seeing them uh, and or being killed by them. Like it's not that I was never killed by a ghost. I just like never saw it before it happened. It was like I knew it was going to happen because of the various audio cues and like my uh, screen going like kind of red and dimming or whatever. Like I knew I was about to be killed, but I never saw one of the ghosts. I don't think. Um, so that was definitely a part of it that I missed out on because it seemed like it was very scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like the kind of idea of there being some inconsistencies, like like uh, like conceptually, um, like you never know what the ghost is gonna do, <laughs> making it a little bit scarier. But like I do feel like it it feels fidgety. Like I feel like if there is some kind of hypothetical way they could make the rules a little bit clearer and as you said like introduce the threat in a more obvious way a little bit earlier so it has time to like you'd be like oh god i got to avoid that thing and get the clues and get out yeah uh, like more of an obvious threat or a tangible one uh i, I think that, that could enhance the game i guess it goes back for me to like my first point about the game do you think that if the game were more clear had more clear rules and structure like that would that add to it for the experience or would that take something away because like the unpredictability of it is probably to me a positive and again it comes back to what i said at first like the the uh, the lack of polish on this game and knowing i know what i'm getting going in i know it's not going to be like perfectly run everything's not going to run perfectly and be that well uh constructed and yeah like some bullshit could happen whenever but like that that to me is a plus yeah i mean i largely agree with that i think it could just use like a little bit of ironing you know like i think if it were just like five percent more like consistent and clear but because i do also kind of like the jank like some things (laughs) that the that that stuff adds we we stand the jank here yeah united we stand i think that i would not want any further instruction within the game like i don't want it to be obvious what it is that you should be doing um but other than that, yeah, like I think the the things that need polishing are all on a very technical level. I actually think on a design level, like with the way that this game is laid out, the least fun way to play this game is to be good at it. Because once you become like once you know how the game works, it becomes like following a checklist 
and you're just sort of like, okay, I did this and that and this, and I got this part, so now I do, I go down part B of the flow chart, and I do these two things, and then depending on the results, I know what the ghost is, and then I leave. Mission is done, three minutes flat. And that just sounds very boring uh, and not interesting, whereas the scramble is sort of what makes this enjoyable the fact that like everyone's kind of going about doing their own thing and then somebody's like oh, i got you level five and you're like oh shit level five and so uh, you... everyone's sanity is at level is it 25 percent yeah everybody just sprints into the room and start books are flying everywhere and there's somebody with a glow stick trying to like look at the light switch <laughs> It's Ellen Harris. Did you die here? (laughs) Ellen Harris. How old are you, Ellen Harris? Ellen Harris. (laughs) Like that chaos. I'm getting three degrees Celsius. (laughs) Is three wait, is three degrees Celsius cold? Is that cold? That's not below zero. (laughs) That experience. Mm -hmm. Is great. It's my favorite part of the whole game. Uh, and so the the less everyone knows about what to expect the better the gameplay experiences so yeah i do i love the design of this game i just think that there are elements of it that are very bad (laughs) (laughs) that's that's one way to put it Mm -hmm. yeah it just needs more of a i think you're exactly right like it just needs more of a curve for like the scares and the threat than it has currently we cracked the code we caught the ghost I don't have anything else specific who's your favorite um, character <laughs> what was it tiny <laughs> tiny head um, black L- large shoulder man yeah, uh, yeah woman in dress shirt <laughs> I, 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 I played as white guy who looked kind of like Adam Sandler uh, Andy said. <laughs> that was my main yeah, I played as generic brunette woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, tiny head, broad shoulders, guys. Yeah, the tiny only... head, broad shoulders. <laughs> THBS is yeah. the best guy. <laughs> Tony Hawk's broad shoulders. Yes. <laughs> Tony Hawk's brother. Mm. Uh, do we have... This should be an easy one, and I'm just absolutely... Phobic thoughts? That's probably pretty good, yeah. That, We've done so many ghost-related ones. The, the concept of phobic thoughts makes me a little uncomfortable. <laughs> Daniel, it's not supposed to make sense. I'm a little hesitant. On <laughs> I, I may or may not have phobic thoughts, but I'm obviously not going to publish them on the internet. <laughs> He's just uh, going to get boxes full of fees now. Mailed to our home address. I guess I'll go first, uh, mm. as is tradition. Um, this game, I think, is a fantastic concept. Um, I really like the idea of doing like a found footage horror game or like a ghost hunter uh, style horror game. I think that's really cool. Like, there's a lot of subgenres of horror, and I don't think enough of them have been explored in video games. Uh, and I'd like to see more of it. And so I think this game is really cool. Um, and in the fact that it's multiplayer, you know, is, is awesome. Uh, but it is, it is an early access. So like you got to cut it some slack, but it does have early access jank. Uh, 
it's a horror game with goofy animations that completely deflate the horror sometimes when everyone just kind of bent at weird angles. <laughs> um, you know, and uh, yeah, the movement speed is like horribly slow and sometimes it can just be feel like things aren't just quite working correctly like there's a lot of wrinkles and things that uh i'd like to see fixed but i think this is really promising and um it's fun it's fun to get together and play so like i hope people remain interested in this and that the full release actually manages to make some improvements uh but yeah overall it's a fun little janky gem to play with your friends i will go next because i i you basically took the words right out of my mouth that this is a fun little janky gem. Uh, <laughs> it is super rough. Uh, like, probably we have not stated strongly enough how rough parts of this game feel. Um, but I did, we did have like a really fun time with it. Um, and it really, it sort of uh, it fulfilled two fantasies. One being like exploring a, a like, empty big empty building at night that might be haunted like i think that that's a cool concept to explore and it's kind of universal has universal appeal uh the other is more specific to me of being the guy in the van uh <laughs> like in any horror movie where they have like video surveillance which is a lot of them uh there's always like a dude in the van and like i always found that character really appealing something about like being the guy <laughs> who's, like, watching all the monitors while everyone's, like, in the dangerous place, hunting ghosts or whatever, uh, I liked a lot. Um, at least when I was younger. Um, and... <laughs> and also now. And also now. <laughs> well, I, the reason I add that is just, like, I returning to some of those movies, that's also usually the character who, like, jokes the most. Yeah. Which is, I think, what also what I found appealing about them. But, like, most of those movies are, like, really dated now, and the jokes are like not funny at best yeah, or offensive at worst. Horribly creepy. <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah, they end up, they're kind of creeps. So like <laughs> I now have mixed feelings about the guy in the van, but I used to want to be a guy in a van. Um, and I was happy that game could fulfill that, that fantasy for me. Um, I think that JJ on one of the, I can't remember which episode it was. Cause you guys have played a lot of like really short games. Um, but he has talked a lot before about how he hopes that, like, video games as, like, a medium of entertainment, people will start thinking about them, um, at least uh, sort of, like, expanding their ideas of, like, what a video game can be in terms of, like, the entertainment it provides you, and thinking about it more like a movie or something, like, short that, like, you pay, like, a relatively small amount of money, have, like, a few hours of, like, solid fun with it, and, like, that's okay. A video game doesn't have to be something you pay... $60 for and play for hundreds of hours. Um, and I think this is another good, like, use case for that. I mean, I paid $15 to see the Slenderman movie with you guys. <laughs> this We all regretted that. This <laughs> was probably, like, closer to a net average of, like, 20-something dollars. They were concessions. Yeah, I did get popcorn, sure. too. So, yeah, yeah, like, this was $15, and it I had at least as much fun with it as I have with countless kind of, like, low-grade horror movies. Um, and so for that reason, like, I, I would recommend this game, um, to play with friends. I honestly don't know how, if it would be fun as a single player game. Or with strangers. Or, yeah, or with strangers. It would probably be pretty bad, but I'm pretty averse to playing anything with strangers, <laughs> so. Um, yeah, I think, uh, solid experience all around for all its flaws. Still had fun with it. 
I mean, I'm happy to go after Daniel there because uh, I had just to bounce off what he said there at the end. Um, probably not great to play with strangers. And I really love what Chad said before because I had the exa- exact thought in my head and I was going to ask the question before he brought it up. Like, would you guys want to be good at this game? And for me, the answer is definitely is a big no. Like, I don't want to play this game for 200 hours and get, like, super... Know the exact routes to run in every room, every, like, uh, map, and know where to drop the stuff and the order to check the list. Because that just, like, defeats the fun of the game. Um, and so I totally agree with what has already been said about it being, like, fun fun experience for the like low barrier to entry of like a 10 or 15 dollar game uh something you can just play for friends one time and like if we if we only played this once for like two hours i would still feel like i totally got my money's worth um and it's just a really it's just a good time to to let as i've said before like i've i've been pretty transparent on my review i guess of like we can laugh at each other bent over in the van we can have those like stupid moments where the game breaks but also like uh andy mentioned earlier like when i went and found him in the jail and like escorted him out when he lost his flashlight like that's a real horror movie like moment like that's a real moment where you're working as a team and rescuing your friend who's about to be killed like and i like you get into it and as as for as flawed as the game is in a lot of ways like you have those moments where you really can get into your situation and uh have those cool moments as a team um and uh yeah it's a i think it's totally a lot of fun for for the priced entry and um definitely recommend to have a good time with it i'm looking forward to uh similar games uh coming out in the future that have a similar style of you know that kind of being in that horror movie being in that found footage movie because that's a genre that I love. I know it's a much maligned genre, but the found footage genre is something that I'm always on the lookout for that jet, that next found footage gem that I can give an hour or two of my life to. Um, and I would count this, this game amongst those experiences. Well, I guess as someone who is a, um, bad ghost hunting TV show aficionado, there was a part of me that wanted to be better at using the equipment and like using the like EVPs and like doing all the, that kind of stuff. Um, so I guess that part was more frustrating for me of like, it felt like we had the tools and yet for some reason we were doing something wrong with it. But then at the end of the day, I would just be laughing at Chad holding the book and thinking that he dropped it somewhere and not actually having <laughs> dropped it. And then he does drop it and it lands like upside down. And we're like, no, Chad, you have to flip it. How's the ghost going to write in the upside down book? And then he tries to flip it and his character model like just has its hands around it for a while. And eventually <laughs> it sort of turns 180 degrees. So like at the end of the day, like that is what made the game worthwhile. Not because it was like any kind of a, faithful rendition of what it would be like to go on a ghost adventuring 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 crew um but because we were so bad at it so very bad and uh, the game was not very forgiving for that badness um but it ended up you know working out fine for us in the end would love to go and figure out what i was doing wrong with the evps though because my god 
You got one once. I got one once, and it was next. <laughs> I'm like, I just said whatever his name was. Darwin Harris, or whatever. Like, every configuration. Are you here, Darwin Harris? How old are you, Darwin Harris? Darwin Harris? Darwin? Darwin. Is your name Darwin? How did you- Get out of the room, Andy! I have to be alone to talk to Darwin! <laughs> Jesus! Shut the door behind you! Okay, Darwin, are you here, Darwin? Like, I feel like I gave it my all, but, uh, maybe- maybe once, uh, it gets a little more- That 5% polish we were talking about, uh, will be a little bit better using the tools of the trade. Who knows? I think everybody has covered all the things now. <laughs> uh, so before JJ had ever played with us, uh, the one time that he did, uh, he got the experience of of listening to us play the game before he had ever touched it himself. And uh, I think that a great way to sum this up is just what he said about it was, quote, it sounds like you hate this game and you're bad at it. <laughs> uh, and the answer to that is yes. Uh, we do hate the game and we are bad at it. And I think that is what makes the experience as enjoyable as it is. Because it is just like us frantically trying to figure stuff out and how to do it. And just failing at doing that. And the the group dynamic of having people who are not only expecting to fail themselves often, but are willing to just sort of like laugh at the failures of other people as well. Uh, it really combines into just sort of like a good social drink, a few beers, have a few laughs on a few guests, <laughs> on a few guests <laughs> scenarios. Uh, Thank you for listening to No Clip Pocket this week. What are we talking about next time? Next time, we're not talking about time splitters. <laughs> we're talking about Donut County. <laughs> Donut yeah. Challenge. The far superior game, <laughs> Donut County. But what? But how do you feel about time splitters 2? Time splitters 2 is the better game. And Future, future Perfect, Perfect is 3. Oh, man. Well, what about Future yeah. Perfect? We'll, we'll get to it. <laughs> After Donut, Donut County. Wink. <laughs> Uh, until that time, you can get a hold of us. All of our contact information is on our website at NoClipPodcast.com. There you can find links to our Twitter, to the YouTube, to our Discord. Uh, you can listen to all of our old episodes, including the episode we intended to release this alongside, which was on Resident Evil 7. Uh, but you could also listen to the Divinity episode, which features our lovely guests that we have here today. Uh, or amnesia from this past halloween there's in fact a whole playlist on youtube of our uh, horror games that you can check out i use that playlist often by the way i appreciate that <laughs> playlist i didn't know if that was the case i would i, I would make additional playlists <laughs> haunt that like button detect a level five subscription to the channel <laughs> leave the ghost writing book in the comment section our our comment section is a ghostwriting book, mm -hmm. and if you guys write in it, then we will all assume that you are demons. 
They're the just end. like watching <laughs> us flounder here. No, I'm loving it. We are I'm thriving. notoriously bad at ending podcasts. You guys are the professionals. I mean, you can yeah. fix it in the edit for sure. Yeah. Oh, hey, Steven, did you actually have a ghost story? Are we going to really put this on the podcast? I mean, unless you don't want to. Um, it might be too spooky. You guys have heard my... I had one supernatural experience. <laughs> I didn't know that you had a paranormal experience as well, if you wanted to share that for the audience. Well, I want to hear yours first, but I had, I had a very not exciting, but somewhat inexplicable experience in our old house. Ah, mine was uh, not exciting is the wrong word. Um, miserable is the word that I would use. Um, <laughs> Pulse pounding? Yeah, pretty terrible. Uh, it was really recent. Uh, I was actually waiting to tell you about it at like a an opportune time in person whenever you guys came down here or whatever. Um, I was going to mention it right after our trip, but obviously like sidetracked by other things. Uh, it was in our trip in Savannah. Um, and very haunted a town. A very spooky town. It's a very spooky town, and we were staying at the haunted hotel. Like It's known as... It's the 1790 uh, Inn, or I think it's what it's called, 1790 Inn. Um, and it is, like, known to be the haunted hotel in Savannah, a very spooky town. Um, and we had stayed there before and never had, like, a anything weird at all. That's why we stayed there again, because we loved the hotel. It was a super cool old hotel. Um, and it was just... I don't know. It seems stupid to even talk about, as I'm sure people often do with that kind of experience. But like, um, so it was our last, it was our second to last night there. No, it was our last night there. Um, and we, Lindsay and I both, uh, were just awake all night. Uh, like I think we finally, we, we literally talked, like I was looking up, um, like what's open right now that we could leave here and go to we almost left like horror movie almost left the property um because we were just fucking awake all night and just living in misery um because we kept initially it was uh like we just went we got back to the hotel after dinner um and like went to bed but then i don't know what kind of like noises or feelings like woke us both up but we were both awake and hearing just like you know normal old ass house sounds i guess or whatever but it was just like keeping us on edge Lindsay woke me up that's what it was because she heard something that she was worried about and the way this hotel works is that you don't just have a room you have a floor and it's like a row home and so you have like four or five rooms to yourself uh like because there's it's an old building so they're very segmented so like you have your bedroom you have like your uh, little like back terrace your bedroom hallways bathroom living room at the other end and uh she heard something from when we were in the beth the bedroom and she wanted me to go see what it was and so like i got up and walked over into like the living room didn't see anything whatever uh and i was just like oh it's, i'm sure it's nothing went back to bed and just like in once i got back in bed like we never fell asleep again um but the big the big two it was two big like I would cl classify under it felt like a scary movie paranormal activity moment um, was when the bathroom door opened on its own uh, right in front of my face. Uh, that was pretty terrible because uh, we were pretty. We were was just, it like latched shut or uh, uh, it so was loose and like just swung open? It was. It's it's like a folding door. Like if you look at my like closet door here, 
It's like that style. Oh, okay, of, yeah. It was that style of like folding, uh, folding like accordion doors, um, on our on that particular side of the be- the bathroom, uh, and I know those that, are not. I, it's hard to imagine that opening on its own. Well, that did, style of door. Yeah, uh, and I know the argument can be made like, oh, it's like the AC kicking on or off or whatever. Um, but it, you know, the AC kicked on and it changed like the pressure. Like, but the AC kicked on and off many times and throughout the week that we were there and that never happened. But like on that night when we were both like weirdly super on edge and awake at like three o'clock in the morning, my, where I was laying in bed was like three feet away from that bathroom door. And we're just laying there and like, you know, kind of weirdly nervous and not really wanting to talk about it because we were both feeling really dumb about that. But like, I'm like, we're both laying there and then just like, the door just opened and like i was out of that fucking bed like yeah i was like like you just trash that door yeah like oh my, what the <laughs> like i'm freaking out like and Lindsay too like both of us are like losing it we were there like okay it's four o'clock in the morning uh like what's it where can we go like we're, are we gonna sleep in the car because this is fucked uh and we're like no like we're not leaving this is stupid it was probably just the air conditioner we're all freaked out and so, like, turned on the TV in the room for the first time. Like, we were there for a week and never turned on the TV. Uh, but, like, turn on the TV, turn the lights on. We laid in bed with the lights on and the TV on for, like, an, for, like, an hour. Uh, and then, at, like, again, like, 4 o'clock in the morning, we're still sitting there awake. And we're just, like, finally, like, we're so tired. We're trying to, like, drift back to sleep. And we both heard, at the exact same time, it sounded like a woman's voice in the hallway like a moaning female voice not not the, was the tv still on it was on always sunny in philadelphia and we were just sitting there watching it like oh, okay. it was not uh, the tv it wasn't charlie day it was not charlie day it was like <laughs> it was convenient that was something because i could like i actually got to the point where, like oh i'm laughing at this like it's distracting me okay like i'm falling asleep whatever like it was enough of a distraction that it was very welcome to have that on the tv but like uh, yeah, we both heard the exact same voice at the same time in the hallway in a way like we had heard, you know, the wind outside, tree branches, whatever, like we'd heard the other set, the regular sounds. This jumped out almost probably not quite as much as the door opening in my face, but like it really stood out to both of us. And we're like, Starbucks opens in a half an hour. We can leave and just go and sit and like, we're not going to sleep. We just need to be. You, get, you didn't go investigate? I did not go and investigate. <laughs> I was like. Huh. You didn't have a guy in the van outside. Yeah, yeah I would have been your guy in the van. Guy in the van. <laughs> I left. I left the door open. I thought about closing the bedroom door, but I literally told myself, if I close the fucking bedroom door and it opens on its own, I will die. So I <laughs> like. I'm gonna. I'm leaving this door closed. I'm leaving the bedroom door open, even though we heard a weird sound in the hallway. If I close this door and it opens on its own, then that's it. Like I'm jumping out the window. This is over. <laughs> So, like, it was the worst night, like, of trying to sleep and being, like, just, like, weirdly scared of nothing, if that makes sense. Like, it felt, it feels super dumb to even talk about, but in the moment there, we just both, both of us were on the same page with, like, this is so fucking weird, and, like, we didn't stay in this hotel to have a haunted experience, and I don't think, and we love, we love that (laughs) hotel because, like, that was the place we stayed when we first went there. That's why we picked it again. The same room. That's why we got engaged there. Like, it's a meaningful place to us. We are never staying there again. 
Like, not anymore. <laughs> we both agreed. We're like, we're going to get a room at the brand new Bohemian Hotel downtown because it looks super nice. Uh, and fuck those old hotels because they have ghosts. Uh, and like, neither of us is religious or believes in ghost things in real life, really, like at all. Like, it, the people that have ghost experiences are usually the person that's like super into that bullshit. Like, I like a scary movie, but like, it, I, I really have no explanation other than it was paranormal as hell. And uh, I don't ever want to have that experience ever again. That's a legit ghost story. I'm not even going to tell mine because you're You gotta so good. tell yours. You gotta tell yours. Come on. Well, let me leave a natural stopping point so that Chad can leave Stevens in and cut mine out. Well, I was thinking we could just do this as like a bonus episode. Ghost Stevens ghost stories. stories. I well, it's like going to be, again, be... it's going to be Stevens ghost story and then Daniel's 30 second story. <laughs> Um, so yeah, this is your, this is your last warning to cut this part out, Chad, but, uh, my (laughs) ghost story is, it was genuinely inexplicable. I wasn't scared at all at the time. It was, it was the middle of the day, uh, at our old house, uh, on Virginia street, uh, for the listener's benefit that was built in 1828. And we lived there for years and never had any kind of paranormal. Well, there was a bird in the, uh, chimney once. (laughs) It scared the shit out of Stacey. Yeah, a, a bird flew out of our sister's closet once, uh, which was very scary, but not at all paranormal. But um, She thought it was paranormal, though. She's like, there's a yeah. ghost in my closet. But uh, yeah, it was m- middle <laughs> of the day, and we had dogs at the time, and uh, I was home alone, and I heard, like, clear as day, no question about it whatsoever, like, the dogs coming, or someone, but I, I was home alone except for the dogs, so I thought the dogs, like, coming up the steps. It didn't even think anything about it at the time, which is why I'm so certain about what I heard, because I wasn't scared, like, in any way. Um, but then, like, once I left the bathroom, like, I, like, walked around the house and realized that the dogs were locked outside in the backyard. So, like, that's the whole story, but it was only memorable because, like, to this day, I still have no clue, like, what I could have heard, because I'm dead certain I heard someone walking up the stairs, and I am equally certain that i was the only person or living thing in the house uh it it was moundsville so probably somebody searching for random drugs in the house or whatever (laughs) (laughs) someone scampered up your 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 stairs on all floors and they couldn't find a bathroom where there was uh any good opiates so they bailed yeah someone died in the house looking for good drugs and now they haunt it (laughs) still looking some say they're still looking for drugs to this day yeah well a doctor used to live in that house true old dark crow yeah yeah Um, i uh i was saving that story because it was a hell of a time um so that is a heck of a story yeah it was uh it was awful i don't recommend it i would have gone investigating the voice (laughs) i gotta be honest that's the only part of the story that i'm disappointed is that you didn't go investigate the voice i mean it if I had found more, that's why you What if you had seen an actual fucking ghost? I mean, full body like, apparition. I, I would, I would have gone and looked for that. For an, that. an FBA, full body. Apparition. <laughs> yeah, an FBA, Stephen. Come on. That it what was, even, the, even just a misty form. The bathroom door. It, what about some orbs? It, there could have been orbs. I the bathroom door opening. <laughs> it was really something. Uh, was it below zero degrees Celsius? <laughs> it, I couldn't tell no, you I, because we were both like sweating in bed because we were like, what the <laughs> fuck is happening? So it was, it was, uh, yeah. oh, it does sound scary. It does 
All kidding aside, it does it does indeed sound scary. Yeah, it's kind of the kind of thing like I felt like we needed to tell in in one way needed to tell the like person at the desk when we checked out like hey last night was terrible we had all these awful ghost experiences and like i know that's a thing for <laughs> like people pay to stay at this hotel to have that experience uh don't recommend it um yeah, could, could you please ask the ghost to keep it down <laughs> but like i didn't want to tell them that because i feel like they probably hear that shit all the time because it's like people go there expecting that to happen and then they right. like manufacture it in their brain like we had we had spent through the course of two trips there, we'd spent like eight nights in the hotel and had never had a like sense of anything like that. And it was just like a whole, it was literally like being like trapped in a horror movie. It was bad. So was it room 1408? That still was in certainly in my head at the time. <laughs> I was going to say hotels are naturally creepy places. Yeah. But uh, yeah, glad I can cap off this uh, spooky episode with a real spooky story. <laughs>